0: Hey guys, welcome to the Tokyo Lens podcast, and as always, if you are a regular listener, Welcome back. Today's podcast episode is going to be a little bit different. You see, a couple podcast episodes ago, I did a podcast where I read through an article and everybody seemed to really attach to that format. I did kind of a director's commentary behind the scenes thing. And I found an article today that has nothing to do with me and it's not even Tokyo Lens content based. But when I read it, I was like, ooh, this is an article that I could definitely provide some value through and share a little bit with you guys. About the Japanese mindset and a little bit of Japanese culture and things happening right here in Japan right now Now before we jump into this podcast I just wanted to say you guys may or may not have noticed that the audio quality on the podcast lately has been upgraded Just a touch and I think a large part of that can be contributed directly to you guys the podcast squad in previous podcasts I thanked people for using the Amazon links to do their holiday shopping and whatnot and through the holiday period So many of you have jumped into these Amazon links that are in the podcast and on the YouTube videos That it's enabled me to upgrade the quality of the podcast audio and there may be another upgrade coming soon So I just want to take two seconds and say thank you to you guys for that as we jump into the article now I am going to link the article in the podcast description today so that if you're listening to this podcast while you're sitting at home and you want to read along you can or if you just want to read the article later when you get back from whatever you're doing that will be an option as well so this particular article is from the japan times it's one that you may or may not have already read but it says survey on commuting gripes in japan spurs wider social societal complaints now For anybody who's ever taken a train in Japan or ever looked at a YouTube video or turned on a TV, I think we all know that Japanese trains tend to be insanely crowded. You see, when I worked my corporate job for seven years, it wasn't as much the job that was my biggest stress, it was the commute. Getting on those trains at the beginning and end of every single day, especially any time that I had a further commute, like an hour or so in each direction, or if you have what's called nodikai or transfers in between, it makes it just so much worse. But I found this article... And the second that I saw it, I started thinking, well, I I would love to know what the Japanese take is on it. Like, obviously, nobody loves the commute and the crowded trains, but what are their concerns? What wider societal complaints did they have? And I actually wasn't surprised, but I was intrigued to hear about it. So we're going to jump right into the article, and I'm going to stop my rammer jammer. Is rammer jammer a word? I don't think it is. I meant, like, babbling, but I made up a word, so there we are. Now, as with the previous article, what I'm going to do is I'm going to kind of uh, add some social commentary, some some Tokyo lens commentary, if you will, along with it. So the article starts with, Nothing unites Tokyoites together quite like complaining about daily commuting by train. That, right there. Like, right there, the first line. That's, I, I, I opened the podcast by, com- okay, yeah. Good job Rob. and it's a worthy gripe morning and evening rides particular uh, pr- uh, practical wow, i can't read apparently sorry guys i can just start that whole section over morning and evening rides practically dispose of the idea of personal space altogether being packed tightly with other people also exposes us to all sorts of oddball and annoying behavior either above or below ground now if you're in tokyo the yamanote line and the underground train lines through tokyo metro they do get kind of crowded this this by the way is commentary but it's a lot worse if you live outside of tokyo and you need to commute into the city the trains get packed and they get sweaty and it's just ugh it makes that's one of the main reasons why i live right within tokyo it's worth it to me to live right in the city and deal with things like noise and and just the costs of being in the city just so that I don't have to deal with those commutes. And in the previous podcast, I also did talk a little bit about how the cost of living in the city isn't quite as high as a lot of people would think. So if you haven't listened to that one and you're interested in learning about Japan and the cost of living in Japan, go check that one out, maybe before listening to this or after getting back to the article. So with this in mind, what train-based behaviors irritate other commuters the most? Japan Private Railways Association released its annual ranking of inconsiderate behavior at stations and on trains in late December, compiled from information gathered from various train companies and more than 2,500 passengers. It comes a year it comes after a year which plenty of online discussions or more accurately arguments came about the result of riding the rails. now, for those of you who have been to Tokyo you'll probably have seen like if you go into the Tokyo metro stations or even some of the JR stations there are manners posters which say like you know please do your makeup at home or you know please avoid from pushing other passengers and stuff like that so this is a constant struggle japan is a very very polite country in general but it doesn't mean that you know there are not rude people so getting into the next section of the article it says the ranking revealed that a number of daily occurrences attracted plenty of votes applying makeup Playing music through headphones loud enough to bleed out both landed in the top 10, numbers 8 and 5 respectively. Yeah, um, doing makeup on a train has been a thing since I first came to Japan. When I moved here in 2007, there were actually posters up that said, like, let's do it at home, and had like, pictures of girls doing their makeup on the train like you i think the most audacious thing that i have ever seen on a japanese train is a girl with a battery operated like curling iron who was curling her hair on the train you didn't mishear that she was using a curling iron to curl her hair on the train and this was after doing her makeup back to the article rude boarding and exiting behavior was ranked at number four and reading physical media such as magazines or books surprisingly low number 16. wow okay I can understand a newspaper like there are people who on a crowded train will open up a full-size newspaper But I can't imagine someone reading a book being all well, I'm actually sensitive about using a laptop on the train because the very first time ever that I pulled out my laptop And use it on a train within three stops someone shoved me and said close the laptop And I was like, oh, I didn't even think that this would be a bother I've seen so many people using laptops and since that day I've been like, I really don't want to bother anybody, so I no longer even use a laptop. Um, I can't imagine a book bothering me. I guess if they're not careful with their elbows, like putting on and taking off jackets, ooh! I was on about an hour and a half train ride yesterday out into the mountains and then another hour and a half back, and on the way back, the person beside me was, was, I I called him Captain Elbows because everything they did, reaching into their bag, reaching into their pocket, I got elbowed every single time. But I've never been elbowed by somebody reading a book. I don't know. Would a book bother you? Um, Anyway, back to the article. However, taking the top spot is something that at first glance seems slightly unexpected. The way people carry bags comes in at number one, with a follow-up question clarifying that the main source of frustration comes from when people wear backpacks and similar items on their back instead of moving them to the front. This one I get. This one actually, you know, partway through my like corporate career, I switched from using like a, a briefcase to a backpack just because, you know, backpack it was it was easier and it matched me a lot better. But I found myself as soon as I got on the train, I would either switch the backpack to being in front of me or put the backpack up on the overhead racks because it would be bumped into somebody. And a lot of people, like this is a frustration that if you wear a backpack on a train in Tokyo, you will feel this frustration. People will like shove the backpack out of your way. So it very quickly becomes a tendency for anybody who can read the atmosphere to put the backpack in front of them. Or if the train is overly crowded, just put it on one of the overhead racks. So, getting back to the article, many online agreed. An article on Tokyo Keizai Online covering the ranking went viral with people noting how annoying bags can be. It appears it has been a gradual development. A Soda News 24 post on the survey results notes that complaints about bags moved up from ranking number 12 in 2009 all the way up to number 3 last year before going to the top in 2018. Some speculated this is because more salary men have been using backpacks in recent years, resulting in them popping up more frequently on daily commutes. You could probably hear the smile on my face. I'm laughing because this is quite literally exactly what I did. I got so tired of carrying a briefcase in my hand and felt that I could just carry so much more in a backpack and I myself, in my salaryman days, switched over to a backpack. Wow, I I really should have fully read this article before sitting down to do the podcast, but anyway. As ranking goes, however, Plenty had different views on what should be at the top or at least higher up. Folks who didn't line up in two lines outside of the train Old haku smells and molesters were mentioned. Others zoomed in on the backpack topics, with some wondering if a better bag for transit could be designed or asking whether trains themselves were too narrow and were actually to blame for all of this. And of course, a select few wondered if the people who were actually getting annoyed so easily were the real problem, with some blaming the media. Now this is actually I like how balanced the approach to this article is there are much much more important issues like obviously the issue of like molesters and whatnot that that that's top ranking that's a very very serious issue It's something that you don't hear as much about as you used to I don't know I personally do not know if this means that there's been a decrease in it or if there's just been a decrease in reporting on it or what the situation is but little things like people not lining up at the side of the trains that's one that you will get a lot in the morning commute you can't even get out of the train sometimes if you go on like a midday commute people will line up on the left and right side of the doors to allow people to come out and then they will filter in but If you are, like, first thing in the morning commute, for some reason, there's something about those morning people. I guess they just might not have the patience that people have as the day goes on. They, you know, still haven't woken up yet. They will stand right in front of the door and almost prevent people from getting off and then rush in to try and get a seat. So, yeah, it's it's interesting that, you know, those didn't rank as high as something like bags. But I do like this approach of, like, you know, is it, really the the bags that are to blame, or is it because trains are too narrow? You know, for somebody, I often take the Tokyo Metro lines, and the Yamanote line in particular is a lot wider than Tokyo Metro lines. And I personally, it doesn't matter if I get on the Yamanote line or on one of the Tokyo Metro lines, I still have the same struggle with backpacks. Obviously that struggle is a lot more real on the narrower Tokyo Metro lines than it is on the wider Yamanote line. But still, I don't really, I I appreciate the fact that they're trying to look at this from multiple angles. um, And, you know, wondering if like maybe media is even the problem and all that. But I, I really just think it is, you know the bags in a crowded train if you're bumping into somebody with a bag that's it's it's rude It's rude it feels rude which is one of the reasons why I personally move it to the front or take it off and I, I don't I don't think the media is really to blame for that I don't know maybe I'm putting I don't know too much of my my own opinions in this, but I guess that's the entire purpose of sharing this, right? So one of the more back to the article. One of the more interesting points brought up regarded how this ranking was unfair to kids, considering how many schools require students to use backpacks and how many of them in Japan use trains. Some users thought this attitude towards bags on the train was toxic. I don't know. Um personally yeah, there are kids who get on the train with backpacks, but I, I don't feel... I feel that, that that's a totally separate thing. I don't, I've don't. i never seen anybody get frustrated and, like, shove a kid around on the train because they have a backpack. I've, I've literally never seen that. Um, I've never had a kid on the train with a backpack bother me. They're, they're usually at a much different height level. So, if anything, their backpack's going to be pressed up against your leg rather than your... I don't know. Um... I don't feel like it's unfair to kids. What do you think? Like, if you've been to Japan, if you've been to the tra- like crowded trains in Tokyo, have you ever been bothered by a student in their backpack? I've been more bothered by a group of students getting on the train, like maybe you know middle school students or high school students getting on a quiet train and like really you know you really relax and everyone gets on and they're all loud. But even that is not that bad. They're they're kids, right? back to the article it wasn't a, it wasn't a wrong way to approach the topic seeing as one notable web web based moment earlier in december centered around kids aged even younger than elementary school user blah 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 tweeted about hearing a mother repeatedly say Don't push in I have a baby on a crowded train. And yet that didn't stop more uh, commuters from squeezing in. The user went on to argue that the trains should have child care only cars, which prompted a wide ranging discussion online. Many echoed the original situation with some calling for more flex time workers and another breaking down how a crowded train at rush hour could result in the death of a young child. Now this, this right here, this feels like a more serious social issue because there are so many angles to look at it from and no easy solution. Like pregnant women getting on trains. They do have priority seats for pregnant women or disabled people, elderly, but not everybody always gives them up. Like you can see those discussions all the time on Twitter. It's really incredible just to to think about... The the idea of these pregnant women getting on the trains and it's an honest fear and straw. I think a lot of people will see a pregnant woman getting on a train and genuinely worry if it is a seriously crowded train Especially first thing in the morning, but you know She's maybe only four or five months pregnant still showing and on the way to her job But she's not ready to leave yet because she needs the money for when her child is born What is she like really what is she supposed to do so? yeah i can understand like they do have women only trains on some train lines but i think for the more crowded hours it wouldn't be a bad idea to have a priority car like for example one end of the train like that's what they do with the women only cars they have a woman's only car from like for example uh, 7 a.m to 9 a.m and it's like the last car on the train or the last two cars on the train and i think you know maybe an overall like priority car maybe on the other end of the train would not be a terrible idea. Um, So back to the article. They might be on to something. Some Twitter users reflected on their childhood when salarymen would ask kids riding the train solo where they were going to help them rather than treat them coldly. However venturing into the comments on together revealed plenty who weren't nostalgic, but ready to blame the country's infrastructure, which jams too many people into Tokyo and doesn't adjust for crowded transit. I guess, you know, we're always looking for someone to blame, but, you know, it's it's mob mentality, really. We all get into Tokyo and you can't be helped, right? Like, as much as flex time is a thing, like, flex time, for those of you who don't know, a few years back, the Tokyo government started introducing and really pushing flex time for workers in order to ease the super crowded train hours at the beginning and end of the day. And while this did help, there's only so much flex that can really be done. not everybody wants to come home from work at like 10 p.m. 11 p.m. because they started their day later on account of flex time I personally if I had the choice to start early and finish early I would take that over starting late and finishing late just so I have more of my day ahead of me so even after the Tokyo government introduced flex time and pushed a lot of companies to move towards the flex time system you still see the morning trains in particular being incredibly crowded so barring a major societal shift in how the government approaches public transportation work-life balance and urbanization well, expect those online complaints regarding overcrowded trains to keep on coming. Entire pages on Japanese Matome sites collect random rants from people raging from riders ignoring the loud ringing of another passenger's phone to... Wow, this, I don't even want to read this. gorilla Defecation. I'm not even going to click that link. If I'm, if you go ahead and just check out this article, you can click that, but I don't even want to know. Plenty also fantasize about leaving the train system forever behind to the point where books have been written on the subject. Good luck in finding a way to make that dream come true. Until then, just remember to flip your backpack to your front side. Try to get off the train in an orderly manner. And know the internet will always be there to hear you vent about your daily grind. Well, that was quite an enjoyable article and there's a lot of like really interesting points there. One of the things that amazes me that didn't come up, and I think for, you know, non-Japanese visitors to the country, it stands out as a really interesting and borderline fascinating, maybe even impressive thing, is the number of people... A, passed out on trains, like, I don't know, if you've ever ridden a Tokyo train, having your like, next door neighbor, if you will, the person sitting right beside you, full out pass out on your shoulder, that's a thing. That is a common occurrence. But more amazingly than that, for me personally, is the number of people passed out entirely drunk on the trains, getting close to last train. Anywhere you could find it on a Monday night, a Tuesday night, but more commonly Fridays, Saturdays, etc you take one of the late trains on the Yamanote line and you are bound to find somebody just pass right out on the floor or one leg up on the seat and head on the ground or we you okay so a little bit of a story this is I don't know how many of you are fans of mr. Bean but there's an episode of mr. Bean where he's passing out in the church and then he starts and he's sitting in the pew and he starts leaning forward and then one knee goes down and the other knee goes down and then the head goes down butt in the air and I had the opportunity probably back in 2008 I was coming back from Shibuya with one of my like share house mates and like maybe kitty corner to us in one of the seats was very obviously drunk salaryman he was like he was just sitting there arms draped in between his legs passed out leaning forward more and more and then almost exactly like mr. Bean the first knee came down His second knee came down, forehead hit the ground and amazingly, amazing, it must have been the three points of balance, the two knees and the head. He just stayed like that for the better part of maybe one to two full stops before toppling over to the side. More amazingly is after toppling over onto his side, he didn't get up. He just stayed there, completely passed out. The, probably the more entertaining thing of like the the entire thing is as all of this was happening. there was a like orange just rolling around the train, and now it's just turned into story time rather than the podcast. But one of the reasons I wanted to share this particular article with you guys and do a little bit of commentary on it is because a, If you're in Japan or coming to Japan, a lot of us don't think of those tiny little nuances like turning our backpack to the front or thinking to put our backpack up on the overhead compartment. A lot of people don't even think that, oh, when I'm getting on the train with lots of luggage, should I get into like one of the corner spaces so my luggage is out of the way? It's something that a lot of us don't think of until we've been here a little while, so maybe this is new information, new idea to you, or maybe it's just common sense because, you know, you're used to crowded trains and all that. But having the take of like, you know, seeing that we as visitors are not the only ones who find frustration with the daily commute in Japan and how crowded the trains can get and having that kind of Japanese point of view on the commute and the the train system is something that I hope brought you guys a little bit of value, maybe a little bit of entertainment. Now, I know that today's podcast has been one of the shorter ones. We're not quite wrapped up just yet, but this is a format that I'm hoping to maybe integrate. I'd like to do one full length podcast pretty much every week. And if I can squeeze it in, I would also like to do one short form podcast, kind of like this one, something maybe anywhere between 10 and 30 minutes i've gotten feedback on both saying oh i love the longer ones i love the shorter ones i'd love to know what you think are you a big fan of the longer form podcasts the ones that are around an hour or are you more of a fan of these short form podcasts additionally if you enjoyed this one here the concept of you know reading an article and going through it together i have several articles a week that i find that i'm like oh i kind of really want to share this but it's not the kind of thing that i'm going to do an entire youtube video on an article so if you guys would like to hear more of that here in the podcast please hit me up on twitter or drop me a dm or a comment on instagram and let me know if this is something that you would like to hear more of i'm really enjoying them and i hope that you are too and as always it would really mean the world to me and i really do that it would mean the world to me if you would take two seconds out of your day to jump onto Apple podcasts or Google podcasts and leave me a review would mean the world. Anyway, guys, thank you so much for joining today's podcast. I hope you had a good time. I hope the rest of your day is fantastic. If this one was a little short for you, that's all right. I've done plenty of long ones lately. Maybe catch up on one of those, or you know that I will be doing another podcast in just a few days. So hold tight and you guys know I will see you again. I guess I will talk to you again real soon.